If you've been loving this podcast and you want more advice on how to get a clear and consistent and purposeful marketing strategy going in 2020, if you are sick of wasting time trying to do all the things you hear about on all the different podcasts and you want the clear cut path and roadway to make your online business a success, you have to get in on our visibility challenge. It's totally free. It is running throughout January. You can jump in at any time, but better if you jump in in the beginning. And we're going to be showing up online in our businesses in a purposeful and strategic way. We're going to be posting content with intention. I've got my four-step formula that will help you make sure that you're purposeful with your audience and that you're giving them exactly what they want and so that they're asking you for more and you're getting advice from your audience on what to create next and you're really responsive to what they need. The visibility challenge is super easy. When you go to the website, you're just going to put in your name and your email address and then I will send you the free workbook and the landing page where you can get in on all the coaching videos that go along with the workbook to walk you through each week of the challenge. I'm super Super excited and I can't wait to see you inside. You are going to love this challenge. If you're not sure if it's right for you, search hashtag THU visibility challenge on Instagram and you will see all of the great work everyone has been doing on the challenge so far. And they are very simple activities that anyone can implement and try today. So definitely go over to alyssamcdonald.com slash challenge to get in on that challenge today. How can we as creative educators and entrepreneurs find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by and share our vision all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced? Hey, hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle podcast. If you're new here, welcome. Thanks for taking a chance on me. I'm a fifth grade teacher, toddler mom, and serial entrepreneur. I'm answering all your burning questions and bringing you simple business tips, mindset shifts, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We are going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. The new year is here, 2020. I know for some of us, it's just another day and we're like, what's all the big fuss about? But a new year means we have a minute to reflect on what we've done over the past year and we can set our goals moving forward. It forces us to stop and really plan things out. Sometimes we get so caught up, or at least I get so caught up in the day-to-day of our business that we don't stop to get organized. It's like the junk drawer. Do you guys have a junk drawer? I'm like the worst. We keep throwing things in that junk drawer. We keep adding to the pile. And if we never stop and actually clean it out, that drawer can fill up with junk before we know it. And soon we can't find anything. We can hardly even get the drawer open. So it's time to clear out our minds just like that junk drawer and put all of our goals for the new year in plain sight where we can find them and see them and kind of focus on them. Hopefully the planathon session that we had at the end of 2019 helped you with this. If you didn't follow along with the planathon, be sure and go back and binge listen to those episodes because they are set up to help you journal and plan your way through some common business roadblocks, setting you up for major success this year. Everyone who tried the year in a day planning session is already raving about it and I'm still getting DMs about how amazing the guest speakers were for the Planathon series. So definitely go back and check that out if you haven't yet. 
I hope you had a great holiday and I definitely did and I'm so excited to be back here with you. I took a couple weeks off from the podcast to kind of spend time with my family and refresh and restart uh, and I am back and ready to talk to you. Before we, I kind of took that break, I was talking about the five things you needed to do in your business in 2020 and then I thought I'd start the year with the five biggest marketing mistakes to avoid in the new year. So you know five things you should be doing in the new year and five things you should not be doing in the new year. I know that sometimes marketing can feel like a giant to-do list that never ever ends. There's so much information out there for you about marketing. It's almost too much. You listen to all the podcasts, you watch all the YouTube videos, you're in all those Facebook groups, and everyone is telling you something different. So how do you show up in the online space and be memorable? How do you stand out among the crowd? And when you only have a few hours a day to dedicate to creating products and to marketing and to learn about marketing strategy, how can you avoid wasting your valuable work time making mistakes when it comes to marketing? I'm going to help you cut through the noise in this episode, and I'm going to help you make sure you're not making these mistakes. And if you are, I will give you some tips for staying clear of them in the future. So if you're in, let's get started. But before we jump in, I do want to highlight one review that I received on the podcast. I appreciate all of you who have taken the time to give me a review over on iTunes because I want to make sure I'm a new podcast still and I want to make sure this gets in the hands of teachers who are interested in hearing all things marketing and business. And I have so many nice reviews, but one of the more recent ones from BNV323 said, I discovered Alyssa's podcast just this morning. While driving to work, cleaning the kitchen, and working on content creation, I devoured four episodes. Alyssa is incredibly witty. Thank you. While remaining genuine, what a rare combination. I found so many things that she said relatable on a personal level as a mom of toddlers, and I'm taking simple tips to put into my very new business. Thank you, Alyssa, for sharing your business knowledge. So thank you so much for that review, and I so appreciate all of you for listening and for giving me that feedback and that review. I really appreciate it. Okay, now we're going to seriously jump in. I said we were going to jump in and then I got into a review. Now we're seriously going to jump in. You want to know the biggest marketing mistakes that you could be making and how to fix them. If you've been following along in my podcast or following me on Instagram or you're in my membership, Teacher Hustle University, you already know my background is in marketing for local businesses. You've probably heard my story a million times. I know I said it in the last episode too, but it is important to know the context and the reasons why I chose these five mistakes in particular. So years ago, I owned a brick and mortar shop with my sister in our downtown area. We repurposed old furniture. We painted it up with chalk paint and we resold it. We also sold the line of paint and we held chalk painting classes, none of which was my jam, by the way. I joined in on the fun of uh, running the shop because I was just excited to have it. it the, our downtown area is super cute and I just kind of wanted to work in the store. It's like this old charming building and it was just, it was a lot of fun. But I am not into crafting. I stink at crafts. 
I'm a computer nerd and I've always had an interest in kind of technology and in business psychology. And I love learning about what attracts customers to a brand. So when we opened the shop, I decided that my role would be to take on the marketing for our store. It was 2012. And at that time, it was a pretty new concept for a business to show up online. But building an audience online was a lot cheaper and a lot faster than traditional ways of advertising that many of the local businesses had already been using. So when we did show up online and our audience grew really quickly and our paint classes were selling out, other local businesses started to ask me for help. They wanted to know how they could use social media as a sales tool and how they could use it to build a community of customers online who would also come in and visit their store. I loved doing this. I loved working with local businesses for so many reasons. First of all, they were taking that small business concept, that hometown feel, the values of a business run by a family and supported by a community, and they were trying to recreate that feeling online. There was so much collaboration. Business owners held networking events, dinners, collaborative events. It felt really good. It felt like I was a part of something that kept businesses growing in our local area, and I just love that piece. Eventually, I started working for some other companies that were strictly online and did not have a storefront. They didn't have like a brick and mortar headquarters. And I noticed immediately that there was a difference between working with the two types of businesses. The core values were the same in both types. The desire to have a business with regular customers that would shop and promote their products over and over again because they've developed a relationship. That's what all of the businesses were striving for. But it was much more difficult to do that when there wasn't an opportunity for the business owner to actually meet the customer in real life and have that face-to-face interaction. It was an additional challenge. When you take that face-to-face out of the shopping experience, but you still have a family-run business or in many of your cases, a solopreneur business, running the business is just you, you still want that genuine relationship with your customer. You still want to market your business in uh, in an authentic and in a purposeful way, but that is so much more challenging because you have to fight with all of the noise online to try to stand out. You have to put yourself out there online again and again to gain the trust of your ideal audience. You have to create the image of what your business looks like because people don't have a storefront to picture in their minds when they think of your business. Teachers with a TPT store or an Etsy store or teachers who sell an online course or run a membership or they have an online shop or they run online tutoring or virtual assistant service, anything that you do as a teacher running a business, you are a small business owner. You are one person, a person sitting behind a laptop probably, right, in your house with your kids screaming in the background and your schoolwork is calling your name for many of you who are doing this as a side hustle. The money that you earn with your business pays for your groceries, for your birthday gifts, for medical bills, clothes. You are a small business by definition. You have the same hometown values of the businesses I worked with locally, but you have to work harder to establish the relationships with your customers. 
Now, I know that was a really long story, um, but it's the philosophy behind every marketing strategy I teach. And the biggest mistake I see teacher business owners making, all of these mistakes come from not having a core understanding of this exact principle. Once you understand what's missing, which is what you're up against in the online world, it's much easier to wrap your mind around what to do next and what not to do, which brings us to those five marketing mistakes that we want to avoid. The first mistake I see teachers, business owners making is just not marketing at all. I'm totally guilty of this too, by the way. I had a TPT store for years and I just let it keep depositing money in my account each month. I thought it was great. I always went shopping with it, but I never used my marketing strategies online to try to grow my business. And the reason was because I wasn't thinking of it as a business. It was just this thing that I did when I had time and that I mostly didn't think about. This would be like a brick and mortar store having their storefront and then just hoping that customers would drive by and stop in and not doing anything else. You are just kind of hoping that someone will stop by and take a chance on you. Now, of course, I know better. I know that it's not enough to just list your products in an online shop or a marketplace. You can't think of this as just something you do when you have time. It has to be thought of as a business for it to be successful. And the purpose of the marketplace you're on is to list your products, much like a catalog. So your customers can see a few things. They can see pictures, they can see a description, they can see the button, the checkout area. If you're on TPT or Etsy, you do have quite a few options for customizing and optimizing your listings. You can optimize your listings to rank higher in a search on that particular marketplace. You can also optimize your description for a Google search to show up and rank there but you need more than that. You need more ways to bring your perfect audience into your shop. And even more importantly, you need a strategy for creating a relationship with those ideal customers to create those regular customers that will come back to your shop again and again and again. A group of people ready to buy what you offer next, whatever that may be. Over time, you're going to want to grow your business. You're going to want to scale your business. You're going to have new offerings, new and exciting things to talk about to solve their problems. So you really need to build that group of people that are ready and waiting for all the solutions you have for their pain points. The second big marketing mistake is jumping into multiple platforms at once. Many of you know you need to put time and effort into marketing your products. You know that. If you didn't know that, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. But the problem isn't so much that we don't know we should be marketing. It's that we know too much. It's information overload. As teachers, you're going to totally relate to this story. When I was having my first baby, I went out and bought every book under the sun written for new moms. I was bound and determined to have all the answers before the baby came. My baby was going to sleep like an angel. He was going to nurse easily. He was never going to cry, right? I wanted to have all the knowledge. I thought if I had all the answers beforehand, I'd be good. It's such a teacher thing to do, right? I just wanted to plan it exactly the way that it would go. And as I started diving headfirst into all of this information about being a new mom, I realized something really quickly. Every author... Every YouTube parenting expert, every Facebook group told me something different. 
One said, create a routine and don't stray from it. One said, avoid routines completely. Suddenly, I was flooded with all kinds of different information and it was just too much. And when the baby did come, I could still remember this moment. I will always remember this moment. Before birth, the nurses are like right there with you every second. There's one nurse that doesn't leave your side. And then I had the baby and all of a sudden, the nurses left us alone with him. And I couldn't get a second alone before he was born, but now he was here and they disappeared. And I thought, how the heck am I supposed to know what to do with this baby? Like, do I feed him? Do I change him? Do I bathe him? Do I rock him? Do I even bother him? Do I do all of those things, all of the above? All the notes I had taken on, all the reading I had done, all the information I had digested, nothing mattered. I was too overwhelmed by all the information to take any kind of a step at all to know what in the world to do with this baby. So I took a deep breath and I thought about what's the one thing he needed most right then. I pushed the button to call the nurse and I asked her to come in and help me feed him. She coached me through that one task and nurses are seriously angels, by the way. I conquered that one thing on my own terms with her guidance. So having the knowledge and the philosophy behind it really did help, but I had to make my own decisions, doing what was best for my unique situation and my baby, what my child needed, and I did it with her guidance, the guidance of an amazing coach. You can't do all the things. You cannot do all the things. Learn one thing at a time. Take in the information about one platform, Talk to a coach or a mentor who has mastered that platform, then listen in for what your unique audience is responding to because it's going to be different for everyone. Give your audience what they need and become a master of that platform. You've heard me preach it before. You need to have that solid foundation in marketing. If you try to master five platforms at once, it's like juggling. They're all going to be a little shaky. You're going to drop one of them. There's simply too much information to sift through. Each platform was built with a certain philosophy of use behind it. Each platform has a different psychology, different analytics, different purposes for content creation, different ways for interaction, different copy strategies. The best thing you can do for your business is get to know one of the platforms inside and out before you add another one. All right, the third marketing mistake to avoid is choosing to master a platform, but it's a platform where your audience isn't hanging out. So you pop on the latest business episode uh, podcast and they're talking all about how, let's say, Snapchat is the new Instagram. I'm just making that up. It's not the new Instagram. (laughs) Not that I know of. You've been working your tail off to learn and master Instagram. And even though your audience is there, it's noisy, it's hard to stand out, and you're ready for something new. So the podcast says, try Snapchat. So you start taking in all the info you can on Snapchat. But here's the thing, if your particular audience for whatever niche that you're in isn't hanging out on Snapchat, that platform is never going to work for you. So think about the commercials you see on TV, right? Sometimes if I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm flipping through the channels, I'll catch a commercial for one of those telephones with, <laughs> with the giant buttons or like a hover round. And why am I catching those commercials? It's because 
the advertisers who created those commercials have spent time researching when their ideal audience, who are seniors, are tuning into TV, and they know exactly which stations they're watching, which are apparently the same as the ones that I'm watching in the middle of the night because I'm an old lady at heart. You need to do the same thing. Research. Where are your people? Where are they showing up online? When are they showing up online? Where are they not showing up online? When are they not showing up online? Focus your marketing toward your audience each and every time. Otherwise, you are wasting time. All right, we're on to the fourth marketing mistake. We as teachers tend to be really humble. We're used to putting in extra effort without the reward. We create something incredible, but we hate to make a big deal of it. And I know I might be generalizing here. I know not all teachers are this way, but I certainly was. I still am. It's still something I battle with. Sometimes teachers shy away from using social media as a sales tool because they are afraid of that word selling. They don't want to come off as pushy or annoying. They totally shy away from the selling part. But marketing at its core is a strategy meant to drive sales to your business. Instagram is a big one where marketing strategy is underutilized a lot of the time. Yes, Instagram is a wonderful place to share and develop your community, build your tribe, support one another. But ultimately, if you are running an online business, why are you on Instagram? Hopefully it's to make more sales, to drive traffic to your product, to develop a relationship with your ideal audience, to get their input on future products, to create a community around your brand. It's easy to use Instagram as a place to share what we're doing in our classrooms or share what's going on in our lives and mom life and to relate and connect and to laugh. And sometimes it feels scary to tell people what we're up to and what our offerings are and what we do have for sale. But if you don't tell them, they won't know. You need to be posting about your offerings and about your products, how to use them, um, train around them, and post often. If you have a clear and organized strategy to accomplish this, one that's based in psychology and the understanding of how to make your message crystal clear for your audience, then that whole pushy, salesy, annoying piece falls away. If you're doing it right, it doesn't feel like you're selling. So don't shy away from showing your audience the ways you can help them. Your products probably make their lives easier or more convenient. They likely help students experience learning in new and engaging ways. So if you're holding back from showcasing that, you're depriving your audience of a solution they may need and that their students may need. Now that I feel like I'm totally harping on you after all these mistakes, here's one more marketing mistake. And I knew I know you could predict this, that I was going to say this too. It's not having an email list. If you haven't been building your email list and providing value to your audience through email, you are missing out on possibly the most important opportunity to connect with your audience on a deeper level. And I know I sound like a broken record. Why is Alyssa so obsessed with email? It's because email is so simple. It's one of the only platforms where you don't have to fight with an algorithm to get to your people. People are still receiving emails in the order they were sent, chronological order. Isn't that kind of a relief? You just simply have to show up. Email is also reliable. Remember when Facebook and Instagram went down a few months ago? That keeps happening. So think about all of the influencers who have built their entire following on social media. They could lose that all in an instant. 
Recently, I kept getting put in what they call Facebook jail, where my account was limited because of suspicious activity on my account. Side note, everybody should enable that two-factor authentication on their Facebook accounts because I lost access to all of my group members, all of the THU crew members for a few days, and that's my entire business. All of my advertising runs through Facebook. All of that is in the hands of Facebook. And by the way, they are impossible to contact for help. You really can't get through to anybody because why would they even have enough time to help everybody? But they don't have a reason to have a customer support line. So anyway, you can't really get through to them. If you're in Facebook jail, you are just in Facebook jail. My whole point is that email is not putting you in any kind of limited status. You can use email to build your list of contacts, almost like the contacts in your phone, a group of people you can talk to that are interested in what you have to offer and who are looking forward to hearing the next piece of value you're going to provide them or the next offering, the solution you have to one of their problems. Those were the five marketing mistakes to avoid in 2020, and I hope you didn't feel like I was harping on you. I hope I gave you enough tips to avoid these mistakes. If you've done one of these mistakes, do not feel bad. I have too. I have been there. I totally get it. It's just about improving moving forward one step at a time. And I'm here for you. I'm your biggest cheerleader. I will cheer you on all the way. So if you've made one of these mistakes and you want to chat about it, come on over to Instagram, teacher by nap time. Let me know. Tag me in any kind of a post or DM me and let me know exactly what you're going to work on changing in the new year. And I can't wait to keep chatting with you about all the nerdy things marketing. 